my message is, um, I just want to share that, you know, me and my sisters are among a lot of successful entrepreneurs um, that are obviously successful financially and their businesses are successful, but we keep hearing the message that you ladies either have to choose to make an impact or choose to make money. And, you know, at first I was going to conform to that idea. And I kind of talked to my sisters in regards to like what really our mission is for our business. And we really want to be able to do both. We want to be able to make an impact in our community and at the same time make money to be able to continue to pour into our community, continue to pour into ourselves. So my message really is like, don't let anyone like put you in a box, no matter Mm -hmm. what level of success you might see them at. It's your story. It's your journey and it's your mission. So if your mission is to make an impact and make some money, you can do that. And so don't let anyone ever keep you in that box. So period, period, period. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Here to Uplift podcast, where we center the stories of impactful changemakers, entrepreneurs, and community leaders who have done the hard work of uplifting themselves through adversity to get where they are today, and now uplift others along the way in their journeys. I'm Lolo Fisher, your host, lover of all things wellness, healing, and empowerment, and I would greatly appreciate if you show us your support by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with others. Let's get into it. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the Here to Uplift podcast. I am here with my special guest, Christina Inchong, co-founder and owner of Mind Body Soul Lab. And I am super excited that we're going to have a conversation kind of crossing paths. We're going to talk business and working with co-founders. We're going to talk women, womanhood, I should say, motherhood, all the little intricacies that come with that. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do before we get into the depths. All right. Um, Thank you so much for having me here today, Lolo. It's actually, I was like, when I first met you, I'm going to get a spot on that podcast and I'm going to come meet her because you're just (laughs) like such a a phenomenal spirit. Um, But I'm Christina Inshong. I am one of the co-founders of the Mind Body Soul Lab. Um, But before I'm that, I am mom. I am entrepreneur. um, I'm a God-fearing woman and I'm also a professional mental health professional as well. Mm. So yeah, I thought that this platform would be a great place to just kind of share my story and connect with you. So super excited to be here. I love that. I love that you say before that, like, yes, I have this business, but before that, I'm all these things like right away that sets the tone and priority for like what you value in your life. And I think we need to do more of that because I'm thinking of when we go into networking spaces or just in general, going around town, you're meeting people. There's always that question of, oh, what do you do? And that always like interests me because sometimes we're in seasons where what we do is an accurate representation of the things we value, but other times not so much, right? Not so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think that having a balance, especially being a woman is really hard. And sometimes we get so consumed and I need to either make it in my career so I can take care of my kids or I got to lose this 50, 60 pounds Mm -hmm. so that I can look good for this birthday or this trip. 
Um, but I think we really forget that we need that like whole balance in yeah. our lives. Yeah. And number one, you're, you're woman first. I'm Christina before I'm even a mother and mm-hmm. I'm God's child before I'm even a mom. So I have to sometimes remember those things. I get really lost in like being a mom and making sure she has everything that she could ever dream of. I only have one child. Yes. So, yes. um, but then I realized that I am now pouring from this empty cup. Yes. Yes. So yeah. it's a, it's a constant battle. Yeah, I feel like it's something I used to say to some of my clients back when I was actually teaching in Merced was you have to remember who you are at your core with any action you take, with anything you do. Who are you? And if you lose that, that's when we start feeling like our world is frantic, right? So I'm I'm already loving this. There's so many directions we could go. So I kind of want to start with business so that we can get into the juice of like life. I love that. (laughs) So tell me about Mind, Mind, Body, Soul Lab and how I met you originally was, you know, at a downtown block party in San Jose, you were telling me about the Litness Fitness class. So can you tell us a little bit about that and what you do with your founders? Yeah, absolutely. So um, me and my two younger sisters, Kelly and Tracy, we started the Mind, Body, Soul Lab last May, 2022. but we didn't actually launch our first uh, group fitness class until October 2022. Okay. Uh, we really just took our time to really like learn the business before we mm-hmm. even launched it because it was really brand new to us. Um, my younger sister Kelly is actually a former UCLA women's basketball player and, nice. and gold Olympian for the Philippines. So she had Yay. fitness background, <laughs> but basketball and group fitness is totally different, right? And um, it was just really weighing into my heart about us starting our own business, a family mm-hmm. business. I would call her nine in the morning before like work meetings. I'm like, we need to, you know, devise a plan, get a, a kitchen or, you know, a, a restaurant, whatever. We need to make some money. We need to do something <laughs> right. And she's like, don't bother me with this at nine in the morning. And one day she calls me and was like, I got the idea. Like, let's start group fitness classes, very similar to the flavor that they have in like Atlanta, mm-hmm. Houston. Uh, we don't have that here in the Bay. So let's create our own. And Lola, when I tell you, I was like literally like shaking, Ooh, you know, like that, like that re- excitement. crying, shaking feeling. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so we started our class in October and we've been at Punch King Fitness downtown mm-hmm. San Jose since January with Marisa Mejia. I know that's one of your guys' yep, friends. Yep. Um, and that's how I ended up at that block party. I was I just that. downtown with Punch King um, representing our brand as well. They allow us to host our classes there and really just bring this inclusive fitness space to the yeah. community of San Jose. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of how we got started. And we're trying to push out our mission all over the Bay Area and, and mm-hmm. hopefully other areas in Cali, too. Yeah. What is that mission? Um, definitely to create an inclusive space for black and brown people. Right now, what we've noticed in just the fitness space and coming from a, a blended biracial family, mm-hmm. um, there's just a lot of spaces that didn't really cater to us, um, didn't yeah. cater to the type of music we like, the flavor and style and just warm, welcoming feeling that we have. Like mm-hmm. when we come into our home or into a relative's home, you don't have that in the fitness space. It's very right. bro-ish or competitive <laughs> or, you know, you, it's, it's a scary space to walk into a gym or into a fitness class where no one is talking to you. So we really wanted to create a space for like our black and brown counterparts and allow a space for them to feel like it's home. And and honestly, not just for black and brown people, it's for everybody. But we wanted anyone at any demographic, at any um, level you are in your fitness Mm -hmm. to feel like this is a space that I can come, I can work out, I can have community, I can build consistency. Um, They have culture, which you're not really going to find in a 
some UJAM classes or a Zumba. <laughs> Zumba, it's a different style. It, it's not ours. I right. love Zumba, um, but that's not really like for us. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely our mission is to just create this inclusive space and yeah. fitness for everyone. Yeah. Well, not to make you like pitch while you're here necessarily, but <laughs> I feel like I'm always pitching. Right. So. <laughs> it's, it's part of it. It's part of the process. But I got really excited when you were first telling me about the classes and I was asking you like, so what makes it different than Zumba and what classes do you offer? And you were telling me even just the difference between your morning and your evening classes, right? Like the vibe and the culture you create. Um, I know when I was running Uplift Merced and just teaching various classes, I had a huge difference in what soul flow yoga was and trap yoga, but both of them were meant for folks of color to get moving, exercising, healing in a way that actually like meets our culture, meets our needs, meets us where we're at. And it sounds like Litmus Fitness the class itself does that. So can you tell us like what the cultures are of those classes and why you said it that way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I come from a biracial, a biracial blended family. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is Filipino, sh- uh, straight from Tondo, Manila. Um, and our dad is black American from South Central Los Angeles. Okay, um, so, Yes, you know. <laughs> um, and so just growing up in that environment and growing up with a blended family, it, hip-hop culture black culture Mm -hmm. um that's really what we grew up around and that's really what we embody and me being actually um not black my stepdad is but he raised me since three years old okay um for me it's really important Um, Mm and having black sisters and black brothers and having a biracial daughter I feel like growing up in San Jose there's three percent black people here so who is so interesting it's so small (laughs) and like but who is really advocating except for that small sector of black people here mm-hmm. so I feel like it's my responsibility also being a privileged you know part white woman um to also carry out that mission with my family mm-hmm. and just really uh create a space where when we're in the gym we want to hear hip-hop we want to hear rap we want to hear reggaeton we want to hear trap music I don't want censorship on my music <laughs> if it's a kid's class then we're gonna have music appropriate for the kids right. Right. um but this is for me <laughs> this is for us right I want to hear what I'm listening to in my in my in my AirPods. Um, and so, yeah, that's really was important to us. I and I, I've been to a lot of gyms where I'm like, can we play something else? I don't really want to listen to this. And you know, like the street rock, you're like, I oh, can't EDM. get, yeah, I can't get with that, which I, I love it for a different time and a different right, space. Right. Um, and so I really just, we really just didn't want that censorship with our class. And so, um, with litness fitness and we also have litness fitness after hours, we have two classes. And so litness fitness on Saturdays, um, we get real hype, we get real crunk, everything, hyphy, everything you can mm-hmm. think of. We pay a lot of homage to the South, to the Bay, to LA, yes. um, to the East Coast, the Midwest. Um, but on Wednesday nights, we um, get a little more ratchet, a little more, I wouldn't say X-rated, but the music uh-huh. gets a little bit more, a little bit more. <laughs> a little set, raunchy. Yeah, a little more raunchy and censored. <laughs> um, we turn off the lights and we turn on the LED lights. We bring out the glow sticks and we just really turn up. Oh, I love and it. And it's not like a workout. It's like... It's like working out, but having fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you feel really accomplished at the end. Um, we do soul trains after as well yes. as a oh confidence building exercise. So women that you would never think, and not just women, we have men going down. And actually we have this guy who's really amazing. He's an Indian gentleman, super amazing. And he outbeats all the girls, <laughs> all the women. And he goes down that soul train and he works his little hips. And it's just oh, a great I time. Cannot. Oh my gosh. Once I pop this baby out. <laughs> 
then count me in. Count me in. Yes, please. I'm excited. Although you say after hours, like after hours, like what? Six p.m. Okay, (laughs) I can do that. I can do that. I was like daylight outside. I I had the nickname Grandma while I was in college. Like that's how sad it was. I was like 10 p.m. I'm tired. It's my bedtime. Let me be. Oh no, Lolo. It'll change though. After after a couple years with the baby, you're gonna get your flow back. That's okay. We'll see. see. I'm, I'm up so early though. That's my challenge. Like I just wake up early naturally so i think that's why i get so tired at night like if i'm out past 10 know that i love you like <laughs> this is either your birthday your anniversary it is a reason yes, yes. there is a reason oh but i'm so excited i, I love this that. um i'm excited to take the litness fitness class eventually like that's a promise i will be there once i'm able to right now i think i might break a hip if i try but <laughs> um i'm excited about it though and i love that you created this culture uh because when you say inclusive, I'll say it this way. When you say inclusive, that can mean a lot of things yeah. to a lot of people. So it's inclusive with a target, right? Like yeah. it's for everyone, but we know who we're serving. And with San Jose and the Bay in general, having this hip hop culture, I love that you're able to say, and we're 3% black and I don't identify within that community, but I experience this community in a certain way. Like to be able to own that and say that is something so many people miss and don't do and that's where to me like true inclusivity comes from it's a deeper awareness and knowledge but it's cultural humility not saying i know my black people i got all my black people but saying like whether i identify with this group or not i want to make sure you feel included and i'm intentionally making it so that there's elements of your culture in this space i love that like love 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 it so you, you said um, with your sisters, you started this business and you identify as a biracial blended family. So can you tell me what, what did that look like from childhood, like your initial understanding of being mixed, of having a mixed family, of having a blended family? Like, what did that look like? It definitely was a unique um, situation, I would say, or not situation, just a unique dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was full it was filled with so much love, mm-hmm. which was something that I just knew that on my mom's side of the family, that was just like unconditional and on my stepdad's side of the family. Um, I am also half Italian and okay. um, Hispanic on my biological father's side, but I was raised with my mom and I was mm-hmm. raised with my stepdad since three years old. And so me being the only and my mom being the only non-black members of our family, it was a little bit weird when we would go out to eat or, you know, people would <laughs> kind of look at us or I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's my dad. Or, you know, my sisters would be like, that's my mom and mm-hmm. my brothers, too. And my mom's super Filipino. And they would just kind of be like, how are you guys related? And it would really, I would feel like I'd have to explain. Yeah. But my brothers and my sisters would be like, we ain't got to tell them nothing. And we mm. don't have to say anything to them. Mm. Um, and for me, I'm like, well, people don't understand. So yeah. it's okay for us to like share that part of our, our life or in our journey. Because it might help other people understand just like mm-hmm. blended uh, families, interracial couples and marriages and things like that. Yeah. So um, it was really interesting also being like the only one with a different last name as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I actually carried my mom's last name. So everybody was a Hayes and I'm an Inchong. Um, and my little sister was an Inchong Hayes, but she would like only use Hayes. So then I was okay. like still okay. alone. <laughs> so that dynamic was, was different, yeah. but 
it still made, I still never felt any like less or yeah. I always felt like blood could never like 100% blood could never bond me and my family. Mm. And so, yeah. So a lot of people growing up would be like, Oh, you want to be black or the way that I talk, the little twang in my voice. Right. And I would just, before I used to get offended, of course, yeah, it's you like know, a you're criticism like, of who you are. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, this is how I was raised. If you were raised in wherever in Japan and, you know, you were growing up around that culture, you would probably, you know, be a little mm-hmm. bit more Japanese like, <laughs> right. So, um, so for me, I really just embrace it more than anything. Okay. And I take a responsibility also like with my family, sometimes mm-hmm. they're like, you advocate more than we do. And it's not <laughs> that I try to, I just, I just feel like I do have like a responsibility for my family and for my daughter. And I feel like we don't take enough ownership of like the parts that we play in this world being not black. Right. And understanding like our privilege and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's just an important mission for me. And I just try to like live it every single day. I love that. So I'm, I'm hearing that you didn't necessarily feel that left out, um, that left out feeling that we hear so commonly from blood and families. You didn't feel that from your family, but any criticism you were getting was from externally from the outside world. So to, to share a little bit on my side, you know, like my stepson is Mexican and Nicaraguan. And it's funny because he has certain facial features that look like he could be black. So yeah. when we're together, like people just assume like, oh, yeah, he's like he's mixed. He's black. Oh, <laughs> and I think so it's cute. hilarious because there was a, a little kid in our neighborhood who asked him, like, oh, are you black? And he was like, kind of like <laughs> he didn't yeah. even know what to say. It, it just made me laugh so hard. Like I couldn't say like no yes I'm just like you know what I love it like if if you feel it embrace it you know because it's part of being a blended family right it's part of being in an environment where cultures are blending and mixing and it's not always about saying like I'm this or that it's like I'm this and that and and having all these just beautiful culminations of cultures like it makes me so excited I'm of course mixed myself so there's layers to it right like I'm mixed and then um, of course, my partner is Nicaraguan and Mexican and then bringing in our stepson and then we're getting ready to have a baby. It's going to be all mixed up. But a whole blended <laughs> a lot of family. Up. family yes. Yeah. So so my question here, right, in thinking about what we learn from this, um, and I'm just thinking about other people who are mixed or have blended families that haven't felt this secure in their relationships and in their families. What did your family do to make you feel so solid from a young age that regardless of your last name, regardless of your color matching your your siblings, right, that you felt this is my home, this is my family, nobody needs to question me because I can hear that confidence, <laughs> right? So what, what did that look like being poured into at that time? I will say, you know, coming from like three different backgrounds, growing up around like my Italian side, my mm-hmm. Filipino side and my black side, my black side is really the side that embraced me the most. Mm. Um, just the one of the most welcoming, beautiful cultures that I've ever like uh, had the honor and privilege of being raised in and experienced. But it was like my grandmother and, and mm. rest her soul. My grandma Mimi, you know, my, um, you know, we would say like, oh, like stepdad or step cousin or step and she was like girl nobody stepped on you you no, I know you're not a step you're you're mine you're my grandbaby you're my grandchild yeah. and I, love that. I, I used to be like okay you're right you know and it wasn't really until like 
you experience like hardship in your family and you see mm-hmm. like who's like really standing by you mm-hmm. and it and it would be my immediate family it'd be my stepdad uh, which was my it's truly my father um my mom and my siblings right and when it came to like even my Italian side and my Filipino side, there would be a lot of criticism, right? My mom coming from a third world country, coming here, having me with my, you know, American Italian dad, and then having another baby with a black man and getting married to him, they shun her. And they, Mm. you know, of course they shamed her for that. And, um, but I, but my family, we just stayed really close and we communicate a lot. We talk Mm. a lot. We talk about these type of issues. Okay. Okay. Uh, My stepdad would always tell me, um, and he would just teach us, like, Christina, like, this is your family, right? This is your yeah. home. But I need you also all to understand what family and home that you have. Your yeah. little sister, she's biracial, because I'd be really proud being Filipino. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're Filipino. And my dad would be like, yeah, you're Filipino. But to the eyes of the world, your sister's a black woman. Mm-hmm. So we always have to remember. Oof, and I, I love that y'all have these conversations. And I'm okay. like, what are okay. you talking about? You know, ignorant, because yeah. I'm a kid. And yeah. I'm like... It wasn't until I was a little bit older and someone close in our family and our Filipino side, a little cousin, um, called my sister the N-word, gave mm. said a derogatory term towards her. And when it made me realize, okay, we're not like everyone else, mm. right? And um, we are different. And so the biggest thing was just communicating with each other, having yeah. really super open conversations. Now that we're all adults, I feel like sometimes the conversation is a little too open with our parents. <laughs> um, but that's the foundation that they built with us. And yeah. it wasn't like they were just super lenient and didn't have rules for us. It was just they didn't have parents that conversed with them and they mm-hmm. saw how important it was for them to talk to their children and have open dialogue and real dialogue, genuine yeah. dialogue, not that sugar coating dialogue. Yeah. You're going to face things, Christina, with your siblings. And how are you going to react? What are you going to do? What is your role? So um, yeah. those, those conversations really helped. Oh, I love that. Cause your position is so important. Like, and I say that generally anybody, yeah. any person, your position is so important, but if you don't recognize your position in life, the fact that your dad had actually said your sister is going to experience this situation differently than you. I love that. Like there was a, it brings back a specific memory. Um, in college, you know, I was, I've always been doing too much. So I was getting involved in all the things, right? Like club, sorority organization, all this stuff. Um, but it was a season for me of really exploring my my blackness as, as I won't even say as part of my identity, like entering into blackness as my identity because I always felt before that being in predominantly white environments that it was like, I'm this or that. And I always had to pick. And I was like, nah, like I am what I am, what I am, I am who I am. Um, and in that season, the communities I connected most with was our Black Student Union Group, our African American Student Association. I joined a sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha, and just all the things that started happening, I was like, I belong. I, I have this community now. And I went home um, to tell my family, you know, and I, I got really mixed responses. Um, and I love my dad to pieces this is you know part of growth process for everybody um but my dad is white and technically he's polish irish syrian right like he's he's mixed himself but to the world he is white and he's always been taught you know in his own livelihood that he just comes as white to the world so when i was excited to be like hey you know i got a position in this organization and i joined this one i joined this one he goes why are you joining all these black organizations? Are you ashamed of your white side? You're not just black. It's like, okay, well, 
do you see me? Like, <laughs> can you look at my face and, and think about how I look to the world? Because while you know who you are, what you look like, and that, yes, like, I'm your DNA, like, that's, that's not how I look to the world. If I'm walking down the street, I am walking down the street as a black woman. Like, people might say, like, oh, yeah, she's mixed, she's biracial, but from the surface, people don't always know that one. Um, you can guess it, sure, but regardless... I'm black. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm black dad. I yeah. So it, it was right. I'm like, I don't know if like there's some kind of a glare on this mirror. Like I know you've worn glasses since second grade, but uh, let's, let's check this a little bit. But you know, so it was interesting because it made me feel so alienated in that moment. And now looking back, I realize it was much more a matter of like insecurity in him that he felt like I was leaving him behind. Yeah. Right. And, I, I think that's a whole nother topic in blended families that can be challenging. Um, blended I've been there. Multiracial families, right? Mm-hmm. The different layers of that. But I, I'm curious on your perspective of this, and it may be a little controversial, so we'll, we'll see. But <laughs> you kind of mentioned, like, when, if you're going out to dinner and people are, like, looking at you, like, do they belong together? Who's the dad? Who's, like, what? When they, you get into those situations of people, like, questioning what you are because I hate that question but right what race what ethnicity you are or who belongs to who and like these assignments and things like that you clearly said like I had no problem explaining I kind of felt like I had to explain but other folks in your family are like they don't need to know it doesn't matter not their business right whose role is it to explain whose responsibility is it to explain and <laughs> I guess uh why like why I mean, I feel like if I'm asked that question, I feel like I it's my responsibility to explain because like knowledge is power mm-hmm. and people don't know unless you share your story or you share your testimony. Um, and so sometimes I think I go into like this like super like Black Panther activist like <laughs> mode sometimes <laughs> like when people like, oh, you want to know? Let me tell you. Right. Yeah, yeah. And And I just think it's important for me to share because I'm not a black person. Mm -hmm. And for somebody that's not black and it's so important to them to have this culture where it is surrounded about around what we grew up around Mm -hmm. um, in just like the fitness space, I'm able to say and like tailor that back to my family and tailor that back to my daughter and why it's so important. Um, Sometimes I think it's sometimes overload because my daughter being uh, multiracial or biracial, um, black and half of everything I am, um, you know, I, I really just like embedded it in her that you're a black woman and, you know, things are, you know, might be a little bit different for you in certain, you know, areas, Kay. And, you know, it's not always going to be like that, but there's mm-hmm. going to just be people you run into that are going to treat you wrong for simply the color yeah. of your skin. And so now my daughter's like, oh, I'm black. I'm 100% black. And I, so I kind of understand where your dad is coming yeah. from yeah. because it's like, Okay, wait, hold on, get like I don't want you to forget that you're Filipino and that you're Italian, and I don't want you to forget, you know. Nah, I'm black, black, blackity black. All yeah, right? that's my no. That is my daughter on the mic right now. You just like totally duplicated her. She's like, I'm black, black mom, and I'm like, okay, so let's go back to the drawing board. Um, so again, I do truly feel like you know I, I'm like the first person in my family to speak up on it because mm-hmm. like the rest of my family doesn't really like feel the need to explain. Mm-hmm. But I, it's I feel like it's just power to educate people about different families and different family dynamics because people truly don't understand my stepdad's 65 years old well my dad keep calling my stepdad he's gonna slap me when he hears this interview (laughs) sorry dad I love you you. (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know we ain't stepping on you guy my bad um 
But, um, you know, people will stare at us because he's a 65-year-old black man and mm-hmm. I'm like 33-year-old. They probably think I'm Hispanic or Mexican for like mm-hmm. 100% or whatever. They think Islander, Hawaiian, whatever. And they probably think like he's my sugar daddy or something. You know, people will Stop. stare at us like, why is she with him? And I'm like, it's my dad, okay? Like, seriously, my dad. And um, so, again, like, I feel like I'll take that responsibility any day because people are ignorant. And you, yeah. if you want to know and you're giving me the opportunity to tell you, then I'm going to speak mm. my piece for sure. Mm. And I, I like this. And it's also interesting because I think there's – there's lots of sides probably right but there's two sides that like clearly come to my mind of hearing this is like you have to be almost like called or given this gift to want to educate to want to help to want to be an ally in that way because otherwise explaining is just exhausting and taxing like to do it day in and day out and I I know even um, in my own life like I think I was a lot more alike you in thought around this previously And more recently, I'm like, no, I don't feel like explaining. (laughs) Like, I'm just tired of it. Like, it got to a point. Like, I don't know where that exact point was, but it got to a point in recent years where I was like, I I don't care to explain anymore. Like, you can figure it out or you'll you'll find out on your own. But I'm so curious because I genuinely loved educating people around these topics before that I'm like, will it come back? Or, you know, am I just burnt out? Like, (laughs) what, what does that actually mean right now for me? Like, in terms of being called to educate on these things. I truly think that it's going to come in waves for sure. I think Mm -hmm. life comes in different waves all the time. (laughs) Your motivation, your drive to even explain anything to anyone. But I think it's valuable to like filter what you do respond to. If it's someone that's like completely ignorant and I know they're being ignorant, you're probably not going to get an explanation from me. You're probably going to get checked at the door right then and there. (laughs) Um, So that that's the reality of that. But if it's someone that is genuinely wanting to learn, um, then I am more than willing to explain Mm -hmm. and like share that knowledge. And I don't know why God created me like this, but like you said, it's almost like, God creates you to want to be a voice and want to be able to share. Um, Before we even got into fitness, I told my sisters, I was like, we should do just like a little Instagram live podcast, not even to like, you know, get into the whole podcast game, like 1000%, but more so just to be able to share like our insight. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm constantly like pouring into my family and friends. That's kind of, I'm like a healer. Um, and even to people I don't know, yeah. right? And someone could be boo crying on the street and they walk past me. I'm not going to walk past them. I'm going right. to embrace them. And that's just kind of who I am. And it takes a lot out of you. It truly does. But I think like it goes back to what we were saying earlier, having that balance in your life. Right. I try to, you know, make sure that I get dressed. Like today I made sure to get dressed mm-hmm. for you, do a little bit of makeup, <laughs> Thank you. you know, and like <laughs> after this, I might go grab me just something to eat in Santana yeah. Road, even though I should be going straight home to my family. Who defines the should? <laughs> who defines the should? Who defines that? You know, and I'm going to go grab me something to eat. I'm going to get home. I have a meeting tonight. Um, I'm going to do my daughter's hair, but it's just like a little bit of a balance of mm-hmm. everything. Like I got a little bit in for myself today. Right. Um, I did stuff for my job. I'm going to do stuff for my daughter, my man, my, my dog. And so again, I think it's just really like having that balance that allows you to keep going and allow yes. you to keep pouring because 
if you just are constantly pouring and not taking anything from anywhere mm-hmm. else, then you're not going to be able to sustain. Mm-hmm. I actually saw like there's that common quote of like you can't pour from an empty cup, right? But I saw this um, this piece that was actually it was a devotional and it was talking about overflow and how a lot of times in faith spaces we will pray for overflow or like god give us this feeling of overflow give us the reality of overflow abundance whatever it looks like and it gave me a new perspective on it because i'm thinking fill up the cup and then so that you can pour it out onto others and they were like no your cup should always be full the idea of overflow is that god gives you that extra bit extra so you have to fill your cup for you The overflow that God gives you is what gets spread out to others. So it's not about emptying out every time and refilling. Like, don't ever let yourself get empty. That's the point. And I was like, oh, mind blown. This like changed my whole perspective (laughs) on this little quote I've been using for way too many years. Right. So now I've been like really thinking of, you know, when we think about scarcity versus abundance mindset even, and then bring faith into perspective on that, like as God-fearing women, what does it look like to give from overflow, not to give from enough? You know, I don't even think I know. Well, I don't even know <laughs> if you know for sure, because I, that just kind of process. like <laughs> took my mind to a whole new galaxy because it's like, you're right. I think that we're always constantly trying to just get to the top of that cup to be able to share. Yes. And it's not an overflow. And how do we get to that overflow space? But I think, you know, for me, I know that like when I'm not spiritually aligned, I'm mm. not praying. Mm. Um, it's really hard for me to get to that abundant feeling yes. in my in my life. And I'm always feeling like I'm catching up. Um, but when I have like, when I make that time, not have the time, when I make that time and I'm intentional in my time that I spend with God and in prayer and in worship, that is when I feel the most full. That mm. is when I feel that I can overflow and and give that excess to other people um but sometimes I think like our minds just race we're like life is constantly going right and you do forget to lean into him and pour into him and you know I just think we forget that a lot and so that's something that I'm working on currently as I'm trying to balance all these other things I didn't mention that I need to balance like continuously balance my relationship (laughs) with God right because that's really what is like keeping me going and being here and making me be able to have like a full day of things and Mm -hmm. not feel like completely exhausted at the end of my day. Exactly. So it it brings me to a question slash thought. Um, You said that you would identify yourself as a healer, right? Okay. So that is a term that I do identify myself as a healer as well, but I, I struggle with it sometimes because when I feel like I'm empty in some sense, I'm like, I can't give in that same way. And then I almost feel guilt or shame when I'm not able to put out that empathic energy or healing energy to the folks that I like love and care about. But I realize there's a process to it now. Like it's taken me years, right? To figure that out. But I'm so interested because there's this concept of like, whatever your calling or profession is, usually you're not too good at it for yourself, right? So like great at healing others, but probably because you need a lot of healing yourself and you're yes. like going through the journey. <laughs> um, like plumbers are, will do everybody else's house, but their pipes are broken at home, right? Like Ooh. anybody who's doing Preach. cleaning, everybody else's house is beautiful. Theirs is a mess. So in the sense of us being healers, being fitness professionals, what does that look like for you in terms of 
how you take care of the home side <laughs> before you go to the visitors. That That is like really, really just like hard, honestly. Yeah. Um, I went through like a period of kind of like losing myself some mm. years ago, just like not really knowing like what I wanted to do with my life, not knowing like what direction I wanted to be in my like relationship, just mm-hmm. everything, um, just not taking care of myself the way that I should be. Um, and so I, I moved away. I moved away to Vegas okay. for two years, which was really nice. But and I was away from my partner for those two years. Mm-hmm. He came back and forth, of course, to be with me and his daughter, uh, our daughter. But she I mean, but he was working still here in the Bay. Um, but I spent that two years just really focused on like myself mm-hmm. and my relationship with God and my relationship with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, like I was, you know, of course, like intentionally meditating, intentionally praying um, and making sure I was at the gym, you know, at mm-hmm. least five days a week, um, making sure that I was just doing things that filled my cup as far as like making a homemade aioli sauce. I know that's something that's like not a big thing, but like <laughs> I don't want to buy store bought and I don't want to have to go all the way to a restaurant. Yeah. I want to yeah. like accomplish these things that make me feel good. And ultimately mm-hmm. that's what I did for those two years before okay. moving back home um, and I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur, but the My Body Soul Lab is probably like my first business that's actually like doing well mm-hmm. and just sustaining. Um, so I felt like that period of like healing and trying to find myself, um, really like led me to be able to have this business with my sisters. Okay. Um, I know it's not just about my journey. I know it's like all of our journeys, right. but I felt like, uh, I, I really just try to like push and like, no matter what, like I'm want to f- ensure that we're successful yeah. and, and whatever success looks like for us. Um, and I've never really had that feeling until like I've healed myself in mm-hmm. a sense. And it's not that I healed myself. God healed me. Um, the love around me helped heal me, but ultimately it was the work that I was doing day in and yes. out with therapy, um, which I found a really amazing therapist, um, in Las Vegas. I miss you. Shout out Ebony. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) and she really helped just like look at my life in a different perspective and like take those tools now moving back to the Bay and being here for a year. But like, I don't have another therapist for a year. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need that as kind of like an oil change. I need somebody Mm. to just, that I can just talk to. Yeah. Some maintenance. (laughs) Exactly. I need a new home church. Um, there's just a lot of things that changed in my life, even though I've, I've elevated, um, in my career and in my business. Now I'm like back to like ground zero. Now my foundation is kind of all over the place. So now Mm -hmm. I have to rebuild that. And so again, like we said earlier, it's constant like waves of that, Uh, but being really intentional with what you're doing and what you're like surrounding in your life. Cause I know when my life isn't on track, it's because the things I'm doing Yeah, and when uh, they are on track is because now I'm intentional with the things that I do. Yeah. This intention piece is a huge pattern I'm hearing from you. And I love to hear that because it's, it's something we talk about often is like set your intentions for the day right even in a yoga class like set your intention for the practice but when we don't think of our life with intention we start thinking things are happening to us randomly or coincidentally and it's it's not there's so much more power and control that we have in our lives than we realize it is making those intentional choices and finding those things that bring us joy i love like 
I would never think of making aioli sauce on my own, but like, yes, do it. Like <laughs> I'm over here. I, I did have a season where I was like everything that is like my favorite dish to get out. I want to learn how to make yeah. myself. And then I realized I really like being served these meals. So it's a, it's a both and. <laughs> it's a both At least and. you know how to do it though. That's, right. That's At the least key. I did it once, you know, like we're going to, we're going to bring it back eventually at some point. <laughs> One day. Right. Um, but th- this is interesting. So when you moved to Vegas, was it... Was it an active choice of like, I need to get away in order to do this healing work? Or was it like just an opportunity that lined up at that time? Well, we live in the Bay Area. So Mm -hmm. it was really like, how much longer can like we sustain here in the Bay Mm -hmm. Area and grow? Was it during COVID time? It was right before COVID. And we moved um, June 2020. And it was right before COVID. And I had been living at my parents' house for like the past three years. And it was just kind of like, where do we go from here? Everything's mm. super expensive. We we want to have like still a balanced life. Yeah. Um. And so I was like, I'm going to find a place in Vegas, babe. And like, you can come in a couple months and get your <laughs> transfer and I'll see you, you know, then. And he didn't come. I mean, mm. he came to visit luckily all the time. Yeah. But, but the plans changed. The plans changed. The transfer didn't happen. And so Oof. I was out there and, you know, not single mom in it, but, you know, being a mother and having to take care of my daughter by myself when her dad's not there and it was like okay well now you have this opportunity to really like focus on yourself right. and focus on your daughter and obviously Almost she's forced going through to. changes <laughs> yeah it was forced to for sure yeah. um but that really helped our bond you know wow. as she's growing up and you know she's 10 years old my only child mm-hmm. so we have this like really open like strong bond as well I yeah. let her talk to me about her crushes and things like that some people are like <laughs> oh no you don't I'm like yes I do I'd rather know <laughs> I would rather know I don't want it to be too late you know and she's gonna be a teenager soon um but coming back home from Las Vegas I didn't want to come back I was oh, like oh interesting but it made sense, right? We're paying yeah. rent in multiple places. It's just, you know, we're a far apart, long distance relationship for two years. That wasn't, you know, really Oof. working out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as a family, we wanted to be back together. But I did not want to come back home to San Jose. I was, In terms of your own, like, healing process that was my, happening. Yeah, I felt like I was going backwards. Mm. I felt like I was going backwards, moving back home. And yeah. I had to have a talk with my therapist. And she was like, Christina, it's a choice. Yeah. Everything is a choice and you're true. You don't have to go back home, right? Mm -hmm. You can choose to continue doing what you're doing. You can choose to live here in Las Vegas and, and ride out this path, or you can choose to go home if that's what makes the best sense for your family. And, and there's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. And I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves to like be at an upward trajectory all the Mm -hmm. time, but it's, we don't have to be, it's whatever your plan is, whatever your story looks like. And so when um, we moved back, we moved back at the very end of May and we made our LLC May 10th for okay. the My Mighty So Lab. said, I'm going to get right to it. And we're, yes, <laughs> we're going to get right to it. And I was like, you know what? I'm excited to go yeah. back home for this yeah. and just to see like the where our business has grown and the how many lives we've impacted mm-hmm. in less than mm-hmm. a year. It's just it's God's plan. It's truly his plan. And, you know, I just kind of like roll with the punches of whatever he brings to my life. I know he brings it there for a reason now. And it's never been so clear. Like this part Mm. of my journey has made that like clarity just shine bright like a diamond. That's So. so exciting. I hear you on this. I really do. And I 
like I said, yeah. we haven't really had any depth of conversation besides meeting at a table event. This is our combo. real conversation. And I'm just like, oh, I love this girl. Like, what, <laughs> what else too. is in this? You know, like I want to pull out so much more because there's so much we can learn from you, you know, in this moment. And, and vice I, versa. Yeah, I find it really interesting because, you know, you said there's this pressure, right, that we always need to be moving upward, upward trajectory. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is that there's beauty in movement, period. Any kind of movement. Like, none of us want to move backward, but sometimes backwards is more about the perspective than the actual action taken, right? So, you know, it's interesting to me because when I moved to Merced, I moved there really wanting to get out of a place. So it wasn't necessarily about, I want to move into this. My mindset was, I want to move out of this. Cause right. when I was in North Carolina, my mental health was the worst it had ever been. I was only there for a year and it was just like, this is not right. Something's off, you know? And I just kept praying, like open the door that needs to be open. Cause I don't know what's next for me right now. I had never heard of Merced in my life. Like I'm from <laughs> Southern California, but we never really explored the central Valley in Northern like, California I when I was is. growing up, you know? And then most of Farmland. my, yeah, yeah. Now I know that. Um, <laughs> but most of my adult life, um, prior to that was in Arizona. So I really had like no concept of, you know, the spans of California culture outside of what I grew up in in Southern California. So, so like different. I knew LA culture, I knew Orange County culture. I grew up in the UN Empire. So I still got a little piece of that agriculture, but dairies is different than, you know, nut farms. Yes. So, <laughs> Very different. <laughs> quite different. But Merced was a blessing for me for a season. Yes. And for I think, a reason. yes, a season for a reason. I think that was the pieces. Now I think I did grow out of Merced. Um, in who I was in my own healing journey, but I don't think the healing that happened for me could have happened without that time in Merced. I was there for about two and a half, three years. So when you're, you're talking about Vegas, I'm like, yeah, like that's when I found the therapist I have now that I absolutely love, like virtual. We, we do everything virtually, but um, it was while I was working at UC Merced and she spoke at an event and I was like, you just explained mental health to me in a way that nobody ever has. And I need you like can I book you right (laughs) Right. now and I was like do you have any space she had one spot open I was like yes you know and I I I should say that was like a spark in a healing journey um I had to let go of really toxic things including a toxic relationship that had been going on for five years at that point that um again served me for a season but those last two years of it were were not the season I needed to be in so I had to realize what was holding me back and release the attachments because in my mind at the time it was better to know what was in front of me even if it wasn't good I was like at least I know what to expect right and we get stuck in that I think sometimes as women in general like we can get stuck in like at least I know what to expect so it's not another stress of change or something new but when we release those things that are like holding us back and enter into new spaces, new environments and shift the way we even look at things, magic happens like real magic. But I was scared (laughs) once that healing started happening to leave Merced and move here. And similarly, I moved here, um, a mix of like feeling like I was growing out of it, but what actually made me finally say yes to leaving Merced and moving after those few years was family yeah it was family and it's like your village if you say this is something you value and prioritize 
what are your behaviors saying? Right. You know, and I had to follow my deed, yes. <laughs> um, deed and action with my words. Um, and at that time, I think I was telling a lot of folks who I knew it was like, when people ask like what what are your values what's important to you i was dreaming of having a family like not knowing that the week i closed the studio was the same week i found out i was pregnant like i had mm. no idea <laughs> right but god knew god knew he knows god knew he i, god I truly knew and believe was lining it up the whole time <laughs> i truly believe he aligns it for us and i think when the path doesn't look like what we intended it to mm. be is when we become just dis- courage and we're not faithful yes. in yes. his plan for our lives but I one time saw um a pastor um he was doing a sermon on on a on YouTube actually mm-hmm. and it, it just stuck with me he was um giving money out right yeah. and he was showing that he gave one of his members a hundred bucks okay but then he gave the other person five dollars mm-hmm. and then he said wait wait come back I'm gonna give you ten no 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 come back I'm gonna give you a twenty and what he was just basically the message was just showing them that I might have God might have given them a hundred dollars but he's constantly feeding and mm. their path might have been right away and for whatever reason that was but right. there may be lessons and things along the road that God may be trying to teach you yes. that you truly need in your life yeah. before that he gives you that hundred dollars yes and so for me it's just really like embedded in my brain now that like however this goes whatever Mm -hmm. way this shifts I need to go with I need to go with it and Mm -hmm. I need to roll with Mm -hmm. the punches because there's a reason why God has me in this season right now and it definitely can take me um you know somewhere else in my life and so being really just like faithful in his plan I think is just number one and one of my favorite quotes is like fear and faith cannot exist in the same place Mm. and I think we're just so fearful of the unknown constantly um but what is what is what what's the fun in knowing everything what is the fun in that there is there what is the excitement because if we know everything like I'm the type of person you can't throw a surprise party for me for some reason. Like Stop. I have to know, but I'm like, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to have that feeling of surprise because I want to know everything. Yep. I'm, I'm yep. a control freak when it comes to that sense. So I'm there's still parts of me that I'm working I on, <laughs> but to me, that's not that big of a deal. I'm like, that's one of my toxic traits. So I'll keep that right there to the side. <laughs> it's just in my pocket. Just, just in my pocket. Hold it. But I could work on that, you know, yeah. um, because it does translate to the bigger things in my mm. life. Like, I don't have to know everything. I can kind of just be okay in my present, in the present moment. Yeah. Um, and learn from all the things in my past so that, you know, we can have that like future that we're really looking for. Definitely. So. Well, I, this last like bigger topic that I want to pick your brain on yeah. is motherhood. Yeah. Um, and there's layers to this now, right? Because we've now identified that not only are you a business owner working in the fitness industry and mental health industry, but also you identify as a healer you've grown up in biracial blended family you now have a multiracial daughter and thinking about what that looks like in her world and how you've made choices as a mother is piquing my curiosity so much um i'll cry already yeah i know right now i know so it's like yeah i I have my son angel right um he's He's 11 i seen him on instagram he is he's a little stinker though oh i'm like (laughs) puberty puberty (laughs) but man oh i'm so excited to see the way he grows up like just being a part of his life is really a blessing it really is and it's been a challenge and a learning lesson for me to jump into motherhood as a stepmom right Um, 
there's a bonus mom I always love that phrase yeah like as a bonus mom like it's been a journey for me that is full of tears and laughter and joy and all the things and I don't want to change it I'm just so excited to see what comes and at the same time it's like there's this duality because I'm still a first-time mom but now I'm a first-time mom in two ways because I'm about to have my first baby and you know embrace my first son in the same year (laughs) and I'm like all right <laughs> you know this is like what do i do this is happening quickly <laughs> not that i just met him as you obviously i've known him longer than that right. but really taking on this role in a new way and all of us moving in together all of that mm-hmm. is happening like combining your family oh, is like once. officially yes. yes exactly so you know it just it just makes me want to learn more and hear stories from other moms and then at the same time everybody has a different experience and perspective on motherhood yeah. so it's one of those things that i'm like Okay, I have to feel your vibe first before I take any advice, right? Because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of judgment in there the mom so community, much. I'm realizing. Like, I'm not even fully integrated in mom communities yet, but I'm just oh. hearing so much judgment of how we mother. Yeah. So I kind of was just curious, like, have you experienced that yourself as a mom? What does that look like to battle maybe some of the criticism or being told to mother a certain way yeah. um, in your life? Absolutely. I think that every, you know, mom experiences that bonus parents as well. I think that there's always going to be someone to say something about how you're raising your kids Mm -hmm. or how you're taking care of them. Um, That is what I won't entertain as like me as a mama bear is like number one, (laughs) even when it's like my mom, like, and mind you, and because I never want my daughter to like, not listen to me as far as like me trying to give her genuine advice. But like, you have like this sense of ownership over your child, Mm. you know, when you have your kids and you're like, no, this is my kid. Mm -hmm. And I, there is nothing in this world that I would do to intentionally hurt them or, you know, not guide them in the right direction. So, um, and I'm going to do it the way that I see fit based on like my experiences, based on how I was raised. So you're going to constantly, you're going to constantly get, I get it from my mom. I get it from other moms or even Mm -hmm. friends Mm -hmm. where, You know, I, for a long time after having my daughter, again, my daughter's 10 years old. And I think the first few years, like I was always like the girl that likes to get dressed and do my makeup. And, you know, I used to do makeup professionally. And when I had my daughter, I was kind of like looking a little just rough around the edges, (laughs) right? Like not taking care (laughs) of myself. (laughs) I'll get there in a couple years, you know? And I wasn't really like prioritizing myself Mm. and, um, And so then when I did get back into the swing of things, I just, of course that goes in waves, but I think that this last band from 2018, like I said, when I moved away and went through my healing journey, I really like just try to empower myself so that I could be a good mom so that I could, because when I wasn't pouring into myself, like we talked about earlier, it was really hard for me to just feel happy to be a mom in a sense. Mm. And you get mom guilt, right? Cause you're just like, I'm just constantly taking care of this kid everything is about this kid and I'm not doing anything for myself right and some parents will judge you and say oh well you signed up for that like this is something that you signed up for but I'm a human being and I'm Mm -hmm. still a person and when my child is 18 off gonna go to college and be aka she ain't gonna be thinking about me you know so (laughs) I need to you know I need to still continue to take care of myself and growing up with a mom like that's from the Philippines where she's like girl I never went on girls trips I never you know went on to these events and gone on podcast interviews or just doing all these things and 
I am intentionally living my life in a way where I want my daughter to feel like proud of that and also mm. feel and know that she can also do these similar things that she doesn't have to just be a mom Love and a it. wife that she can be an entrepreneur and you know a pioneer and all yeah. of those things and so I think it's just really important that you know you just set the example and continue to do what you do what you feel is right, right. as a mom um, and having like that balance in your life and people are always going to condemn you for it mm-hmm. they're always going to say like Lola, you don't post your kids enough. Where are they at? Um, we just were at Raging Waters. Or <laughs> we were just here yeah, and there. You, you don't know? know our private life. <laughs> they, they don't know your private life. And they will try to, you know, base it off of that. Or make you feel bad because mm-hmm. they're unable to. Or they might not have a supportive partner that allows you to go have dinner with your girlfriends. Right. You know, even if that's right. once or twice a month. Whatever that looks like for you. Um, and people will be envious of that. And it's unfortunate. Mm. If anything, I just try to encourage people and say, Take that time for yourself. Make that time for yourself. Don't have that guilt as a mother that you can't still be yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, I know we talk about, I'm always saying intentional, but it is really important at the same time that you're intentional with your kids, the time you spend with them, what you teach them, what you show them um, and what you put them in and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a whole job in itself. Mm -hmm. Like forget all the other titles that we have, but like mom is, that's the biggest one right there i love that okay um i'm curious then your daughter is 10 which Mm -hmm. means she's she's had enough time to really develop her voice right i'm gonna um, just based off angel being 11 Mm -hmm. their Mm -hmm. voices are and she's a gemini y'all i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) so has there been any times where she has said to you or pointed out what she sees when you're making these choices for yourself as a business owner and entrepreneur, um, seeing you take care of yourself, go on a girl's trip. Like, how does she respond to that? Or are there any memories that you have clearly of her saying something related to that? Well, I will say it's a little different for me. I wish I could say it's something like super sweet, but my daughter is very much like me and my sisters and my mom. Yeah. She's very sassy. So okay. I might have like a little, you know, dress on, maybe a little, not cleavage, but you know, just a little glow cut uh-huh. or something. And she'll be like, where are we in Cabo? And I'm like, Stop. <laughs> I'm like, Cabo, no, what are you, <laughs> but I did buy this for vacation. Like, Hold um, on a second. <laughs> yeah. So she tries to like, you know, pull okay. up my tops and she's like my little mom. She's yeah. actually my little assistant, I would say. I um, but I do hear people from school and like her principal and her teacher, they're like, mm-hmm. Kilani talks about your business and like how mm. proud she is of you. And her name she, is Kilani. Her name is Kilani. Yeah, that's my daughter's name. I love that name, name so much. Thank you. Okay, okay. I named her after my sister and my mom, Ke- La- well, Kelly and Lonnie. So, mm. um, and then I was re- a little bit regretting it because her personality. I'm like, oh, you're a little you're too like, feisty. You're just like them. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little too much like them. Um, but yeah, she. Um, you know, people tell me all the time how proud she is of our, yeah. of our, my business and like yeah. my sisters. And, um, you know, when she comes to class and stuff, like she, she fights me about working out, yep. um, but she's done a lot of classes before, but you know, she'll help me just with even the lights or, you know, handing out glow sticks and just like cleaning up stuff, playing on the little, um, yoga balls and oh, things like that. She just wants to be part of your life she, in all the she ways. She just wants to be there. Yeah. But, um, so at the same, she's like my, um, my little broke bestie. Yeah, that's yep. what the mm-hmm. true definition. I call her my friend of me sometimes because she is transitioning to that 
um, growing up mom. I'm, you know, I'm growing and, you know, reaching a little bit of puberty and that's mm-hmm. going to come real even quicker. Yeah. 10 going on, you know, 21. And so, um, you know, now I just feel like I can be open with her. I can mm-hmm. talk to her about real things that's going on. And she gives me like her real opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I wish again that she was just this like super sweet, supportive, but she's real opinionated and she voices what she feels. And when she doesn't like something, she tells me. And when she mm-hmm. does, she lets me know too. So yeah. I appreciate that about her. Yeah. She's a little too much like us. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I need to meet her now. Yes, <laughs> I'll bring exciting. her one day. She wants to start her own podcast actually. Yes. And I told her just do interviews like your grandpa, like. And mind you, and just a little TMI, she she does her own um, therapy session just for herself, yeah, right? Just a lot great. of moving and things like that. She's needed her own little maintenance. And she's telling the therapist, again, my dad's 65. She's like, yeah, my papa's 72. He walks so beautifully, though. He walks better than me. And I'm like, girl, my dad, I'm in the other side of the door. Like, he's 65. He's not, <laughs> he's not 72. <laughs> Trying to, like, eavesdrop. Just making sure she's good. Um, but, yeah, so that's Kilani. That's so funny. when you meet okay. her, you'll, you'll see yeah. all that personality. All the feistiness. I'll yeah. take it. Okay, so we are coming to the end of this. And I haven't done this before, but it, I, I just feel like it's going to be a little fun because you, you seem like you're ready for the challenge. Yes. Yeah, you ready, ready for a little challenge? She ready. Okay. So we're going to finish this. You've heard of like the hot seat when they do like rapid fire questions about you. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something similar, but as tips. Okay. So I will say four blank. So if I said like four low, low, give me the first tip on your mind that you would have for me. Okay. But we'll go through a few. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. For moms. Stay 10 toes down as a woman first mom second for current entrepreneurs don't give up um no matter what anyone says bet on yourself always especially if you really feel that drive and that passion for your business keep going for a mom in a blended family another one stay your ground stay 10 toes down um represent your family and you know the best way that you can and I would always say speak up for them right and don't let anyone assume and but don't feed into ignorance Mm -hmm. for somebody who wants to start their business but is afraid to do it um again it's betting on yourself is like the greatest thing that I've ever done for myself was really believing in myself. And I failed a lot of times. I've had many little businesses that did not succeed. And, um, I don't know if this one's going to fully succeed, but I'm going to keep pushing until something, you know, skyrockets. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just three more. Okay. Three more for somebody who doesn't know if they'll make it to tomorrow. Enjoy every second enjoy every moment, embrace it, um, love on your family, love on whoever loves on you. Um, I honestly, we're all sitting here not knowing if tomorrow is going to happen or tomorrow's promise. So just really just loving on who loves on you, I think is like the most important part, honestly, yeah. letting them know that you're here and that you're there for them till the, till it ends mm-hmm. for Kalani. For Kilani, I want you to continue to be this strong, vivacious, crazy young woman um, and know that like mom is always going to be here for you, right, wrong, indifferent, um, even <laughs> when you're completely wrong and you think you're going to get in trouble, grounded, whooping, hope there's no mandated reporters on here. I'm just totally kidding. Um, but mom's going to be here and so is dad and we're going to, you know, come to your rescue anytime and not just rescue Kay, but honestly just be there to help teach you mold you and whatever you decide like we're going to support you so Mm. last one for Christina for Christina 
Um, I'm, see, you made me cry, Lola. What is this? I'm healing with Lola. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was uplift with Lola. Um, Christina, you're doing your thing. I'm so proud of you. Keep going. Um, the sky is the limit, actually, and even beyond that. And um, stay close to God, always. Mm. God is within you, girl. Yes. I feel you. it. I hear it. I see it. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with me and for whoever's listening and watching. I know this is going to touch and inspire a lot of folks. And I know even at minimum that Kay's going to love hearing you tell your story one day and be able to come back to this. So I'm excited to see what you are going to continue to do, growing your business, growing your life, making an impact on your own family and clearly on a lot of families that need to learn what it looks like to be blended and joyful. Right. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Got me crying, you. Lolo. Thank Yay. you. Yay. Hey, tears. <laughs> I <laughs> told you, you it's so the much. release, right? We got to release yes. in order to move. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This is a great release. So thank you Yay. so much for having me. Thank you. So if folks want to get in touch with you, want to talk about your story with you or get connected with your business, where can they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. You can reach our business at the Mind Body Soul Lab on Instagram. We're also on TikTok at the MBS Lab. Um, we're actually working on our website and things like that right, right now, right. but our Linktree and our uh, social media platforms has really helped elevate us. So we're also at linktree.com um, backslash the MBS um, Lab. And then me personally, you can find me on Instagram at MBS Chris underscore and Chris is C-H-R-I-S. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. Well, then that's the end. That's a wrap. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you, Lola. Thank you for having me. We did it. We did it. Thank you for tuning in to the Here to Uplift podcast. New episodes are airing every week with some bonus episodes in between too. So make sure you stay tuned by subscribing, following, liking, and engaging with us to let us know what topics you're most interested in and what might inspire you along this journey. We're going to keep working hard on our end because we are here to uplift not only ourselves, but our community too. And that includes you. So I can't wait for you to hear the next episode, but for now, do your thing. Let's get it. And let's keep moving forward. Uplift yourself, friends. You got this.